0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night and welcome to the pod where we chat, argue, and wax poetic about movies that we love, hate, or that are simply worth talking about. All movies have something to say and we try to analyze and we enjoy analyzing what they capture. Welcome to the chatter after. I'm your host today, Michael Thomas, aka The Novice in a File. and we're talking about a movie that's probably still my favorite movie of the year. Um, This is a little indie film you may have heard of. It's Matt Reeves' The Batman, um, starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Batman, um, taking on Carmine Falcone, taking on the Penguin, and the Riddler played by Paul Dano. This film is interesting because it's like the ninth Batman movie, right? And so how do you breathe new life into that character, into that world that's been here for over 80 years? That's a question I posed to the panel today. I put up the bat signal. I climbed up GCPD, pulled down the tarp, flipped the switch, and I called in a lot of super friends for this episode. First up, of course, is none other than my co-host, the fastest man alive, the Scarlet fan himself, Brendan Alvarado. So excited to talk Batman.
1: I'm so excited. Can't wait.
0: So fun, right? So fun. Yeah, (laughs) yes.
1: Yes. Too many notes.
0: Too many notes. Oh, man, that means it's a good episode. (laughs) There's too many notes. (laughs) Next up is the emblemaniac who's zany to the max, the mad punster himself,
2: Isaac Wolf. I need to ask you one thing, Mike. Yes, sir. What did uh, Batman do when he went shopping? He pulled out the bat credit card, right? He got
0: ham. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a long day for me. We Next up, <laughs> the bell has been rung and it cannot be unrung, ladies and gentlemen. The story baker himself is in the building. Landon Bell, welcome. How's on. that oven?
3: Thank you for having me, everybody. I rather liked this movie. Yeah,
0: you <laughs> well, see, you I have, didn't work have in have a watched. missed pun in your intro. I feel very proud of that. That was that would have been too easy.
3: That's okay. I have a poster above my head. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, twelve, ten miss books on my bookshelf right now. Uh, I think I'm all right.
0: We're good. Nice, sweet. Last but not least, we have the TikToker, horror rocker, and member of Geek Vibes Nation, Jayla Nix.
4: Hey, Joe. How's it going? Hello. Hello. It's going good. I am so happy to be here and get into Batman. I am beyond excited, really. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Loved
0: it. So, I, if you guys are watching on the channel, not um cinephile, I have talked about the Batman with Leo Rydell of Geekly Goods and Nate Richard of Collider. We love the movie. But I want to hear... You guys' thoughts. So I'm gonna throw it to Isaac because he is the one who just watched it today, the day we're recording this. So Isaac, what are your thoughts on the Batman? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it?
2: What's up? I will go straight over from uh, this holding. Do you think it's a good movie? Yes, absolutely. It's brilliantly shot. The acting is phenomenal and all that. Yes, but I do wonder if all the hype surrounding it on the Twitter for every month I've seen and every day, just went me going to the expectation of, eh, it's all right, sort of kind of stuff, because I don't have anything to complain about it when it comes to this movie. It's just, I wasn't, uh, how should I speak, all over the place that I've seen so many other I've been. So, I think uh, that's but...
0: the drawback of watching it 45 days after everyone else, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's so so it's like so in other words you were so
1: infused with everybody else's hype that when you saw it, you were like okay I get it.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. It, at least you like at least it wasn't like oh this was underwhelming because of the hype. Right. It was right. more the hype of a hype didn't kill a, it. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's the biggest testament because we've talked before about you watching movies way later than everybody else, and you're kind of like, uh I don't get the hype. Well, at least this one you still enjoyed it. The hype didn't kill it for you. So I think that's that's pretty good. I got a feeling I'll that take it.
1: Sits down, Isaac sits down with, it, with a clipboard and goes hype
0: acknowledged <laughs> <laughs> and just moves on. <laughs> Pass. Lando, what are your thoughts on Batman?
3: So I went with my wife to the theater to see the both of us going in, we were just kind of like, it's a Batman movie, we'll probably like it, and neither of us wanted to get up for three hours. It, it was one of those movies that quickly sucked you in, and it just kept going. It was it was like one of those uh, milkshakes, triple-thick milkshakes, <laughs> and you try to suck it out of the cup, and it, it won't go through the straw. And it takes three hours to get it to go through the straw. That's what this movie was, and uh, it is fantastic in so many ways. The only complaints that I had with it were nitpicks, and that is rare. That I don't have something that I can be like, "Oh, I wish they did this different." Nah, yeah. this is this is prime rib. This is
0: the good stuff, right? Jayla, what are your thoughts
4: oh on that? Oh my Batman? gosh. Oh, man. Um, I, I loved it. It's, they gave, it's a Batman movie that gave me something I've wanted from Batman movies for a long time and that's a detective-heavy Batman. Those are the moments of Batman I love the most. That's what I love to see from him. I love to see him using his smart and his wits and him learning how to be Batman, as we see in this movie. So I had a great time. I saw it three times in theaters and then watched it when it dropped, so yeah, love this movie. <laughs> nice.
0: Okay, BA, I know you're sitting there thinking about how am I going to approach this? So give it to us. Come on, we're ready.
1: <laughs> so when I watched it the first time, um, I left the theater not knowing what to think. Like, I took it all in, and I was like, I knew I liked it, I knew I enjoyed it, but as you know, my mistake in life is that I over-analyze everything because that's in that's uh, that, that's me, right? So mm-hmm. so I needed to find a reason of why I like it. Because I'm a big defender of all the Nolan films. I'm a big defender of Ben Affleck Batman. Now, I don't have a particular preference. I love the character. I'm I'm very big on if you capture the essence of who the character is supposed to be in that stage that you're representing on film. I'm gonna be behind it 100. Even if the story kind of falls apart, which is fine. Um, but I felt that I needed to see this movie again. So as so as soon as it dropped, I've seen it twice now. So I've seen it a total of three times, and I love this film. And it's as we jump in, I'll jump in and, and pitch in what I love it, why I love about it. Um, okay. But I love this film. This is a perfect Batman movie.
0: Period. Yeah, so let's get into what what this film's about, right? It, it's very inspired by books like Batman Ego, The Long Halloween, uh, even a little bit of Batman Year One. We're picking up the story in year two of the Gotham project, right? That Bruce Wayne's on his crusade, his mission. And it's it's very like Jayla was saying earlier, it's very detective noir-driven story, which is my first my personal favorite version of Batman is the detective. I don't really care about the superhero who's fighting alongside Superman. I like him solving murder mysteries, stopping crime in Gotham City. And that's really what's happening here with a character like the Riddler. And so I, I wanna throw it to you guys and see where you guys are at with Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, the Riddler, because the Riddler is such a hard character. Like even comic book writers have a hard time using the Riddler because he has to be smart enough to outwit Batman but it also has to follow a, a line of logic to where you can figure out what the Riddler's plan is. So I guess that's where I kind of want to start with. Did you think the, the villain, this world of Gotham City that Reeves created, is it representative of what you guys want to see from Batman or like to see from Batman? Um, I guess I'll start with Landon. What are your thoughts on like the villain and like the world building that happened here?
3: This will be the definitive modern version, uh, which, which I didn't expect to say. Going, on. I I could tell they were doing something really different, Zodiac Killer vibes, uh, and I'm a big fan of the Riddler from uh, Batman sixty six. That version of the Riddler works really well for me because he's he's funny. He's extremely intelligent. He's able to outwit Batman, and most versions of the character have kind of felt like they were channeling that essence. Of, yeah, even Jim Carrey's take kind of does that.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Jim. I'm sorry, this, Jim Carrey's is heavy sixty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It very yeah. much is, but with Jim Carrey's charms. So, I think. I think, and I, I'm going to say it now to um disseminate my thoughts to the pool um but one of the things that i loved about this film which is something that has only been ever so slightly and deep cut place in other interpretations of batman on film is that this is the first film that actually makes it a point to establish that batman is part of the problem right and the idea that him existing as a vigilante outside the law as in the law is so corrupt that something outside of the law has to establish order yeah. allows escalation on the villain element right and the fact that from there we have this version of the riddler spawn and become this menace to me is one of the most brilliant things to ever do period not just acknowledging it but then all the different elements in gotham are are all spiraling out of control because of the vigilante being there, which is why I love how towards the end of the film, we have Batman coming to the realization, okay, I got to do something. I got to change my way of doing things to move things forward in a good light, right? But going back to the Riddler, you mentioned ego, you mentioned um, a couple of different comic books. But interestingly enough, one of the comic books that inspires a lot of this is Batman Earth One. Yeah, which, no. by the way, I don't like that story, but I read it because I heard people say that it was. There's a little bit. There's a lot of that here. Like the Riddler is one of the main ones in Volume Two or in Volume Three, I believe. Um, but this version of the Riddler, I think, is great because it allow. It was the perfect villain to port to to display the Batman that Matt Reeves wanted to bring to the screen, which is a Batman that is thinking. That strategizes, that's methodical, that's resourceful. And then, of course, fighting a villain that is all those things, just like him. And then, of course, turning it around because the villain's trying to emulate Batman, but that's a different story. But I like the fact that every time they they came to a riddle, the first one in the room to get it was Batman. Batman had the answer. So 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 using the Riddler to showcase Batman, which In many other films, which to me is the biggest, the biggest, the biggest flaw of the Nolan trilogy is that all the villains are highlighted by Batman instead of being the other way around. Like all the villains shine because they're going against Batman. Here, Batman shines because he's going against the Riddler. So, so like, the way we're getting enamored and captured by the amazing character and Detective the Batman is is because of how he reacts to everything that Riddler's doing. Instead of him being, where's the trigger? He's going, the answer is this. And, like, there's a lot of that in the comic books, which I love seeing. And, again, Paul Dano was, I mean, it's Paul Dano. Come on now. Like, nobody doubted, which is funny because when people thought of Heath Ledger, like, Heath Ledger the Joker. When everybody yeah. knew Paul Dano got casted as Riddler, everybody went, like, Okay, I can see that.
0: <laughs> Perfect but, casting.
1: Say, but he just blew it out of the water. Even for us that we knew that he was going to do great, he was just amazing. I,
0: he blew it under it the water. That's, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, I want to throw
3: this out there because Brandon yeah. touched on my My one nitpick, the only nitpick, and then, and then I don't have to talk about it. So, uh, is where he was mentioning Batman is part of the problem in the movie. Acknowledges that. Mm-hmm. My one nitpick is that the setup of the movie would never happen. If if Batman showed up on a crime scene, they would never let him in on that crime scene while they're actively After they've taken their photographs and everything, sure. But not while they're working. The crime scene. I thought about that <laughs> as soon as the movie was over, and I'm like
1: well but you gotta think messed up (laughs) but but it's good that you say that because that's what just but what justifies that scene is the fact that this is a year two story yeah batman is a known commodity people know that gordon knows the batman the signals the thing I mean, not everybody was cool with it because that's why you meet all the resistance from all the cops, especially from the commission, from the chief, right? But the fact that he's been going around for a while justifies that scene, which also is really the fact that the movie starts with that scene because this that first scene literally tells you this is the Batman that you came that we're going to show you. Oh, this is it. The scene is incredible, absolutely incredible. But it makes you
3: question everything in Gotham, and but the entire movie. It's not just that scene. That scene is just the a precursor to everything else in yep. the movie that makes you question the corruption.
0: You know, you, you point out that, yeah, the corruption. Like, Gotham's just awful. From top, top to bottom, it's just awful. Oh,
4: so yeah, any absolutely. nitpick of like how
0: things are ran, it's just like, it's yeah, it's Gotham. <laughs> it's
3: like somebody picked... Any midwestern city and dialed it up to
0: thousand. I take offense to that, but you're not wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could pick you could pick Nashville if you want to. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Jayla, what are your thoughts on the Riddler in Gotham City?
4: <laughs> I thought it was a great take. Um, my favorite part about this movie, well, one of my favorite parts about this movie is the world feels so lived in. It feels like it's existed before we walk into it. And the, the Riddler that we're introduced to works perfectly for what, like, like I was said earlier, works perfectly for um, the story that's being built. The, the themes are being built, the mirror that's being held up, the be- uh, held up to Batman and his flaws and the things that he's been ignoring by going out every night i think paul dano did a wonderful job um i love going back and seeing him in the background in some of the scenes i didn't get to catch earlier um in the club you can see him in the background and you can hear him coughing at the uh funeral i believe um the little things like that i love him he's great uh i know it's a different take but i think it it's it's still um going forward with the spirit of the character but adapting it with these different styles and themes and kind of giving it a new breath of fresh air to uh what's going on so yeah
1: <laughs> if, if i may you said something that to me felt amazing of the film is that you felt you mentioned that gotham feels lived in and is it just me or Didn't Matt Reeves find a way for this Gotham to not feel so far removed from Christopher Nolan's back 10 years ago? Because it doesn't feel like a brand new Gotham. It feels like we're back in Gotham, even though we're following a different take.
4: I think it's uh, a lot to do with um, the introductions to these characters aren't big, grand, this is Gordon, this is right. Batman. Right. It's just kind of like, okay, here's Gordon, here's Batman, right? there's Penguin over there. Um, I think, I think that's kind of like the way he went with it, and that's yeah. how it flowed so naturally. Like you said, it feels like we're going back to somewhere we already knew.
0: Yeah. Loved it. It's it's like picking up a comic book, right? Where yeah, exactly. A, a new writer took over, but it's still yes. a Batman comic book. Yeah. You don't have to introduce you to everybody else. You you know who Batman is. You know who Gordon is. And so I th- I feel like that's very intentional. And that's the beauty of it. Like I said yeah. at the top of the show, how do you reinvent a character who's been around for almost 100 years? You You don't, really. You just <laughs> embrace a different side of it and put a small twist on it. I think yeah. that's one of the the beautiful things Reeves did with his direction.
4: Yeah, and you know, to to top off uh, my point of view on Dano and Reeves' uh, direction with this, I believe there are certain structures when it comes to Batman stories. I was um, listening to one of the writer screenwriters I like talk about structures and how it's about following a structure but adding your own flavor to that structure instead of trying to change it too much. And I think that's what Reeves did here.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's there's a little there's a lot of. There's a lot in the direction and in the writing because he, he had a he had a big hand on the script, right, um, of acknowledging what the site guys understands of Batman. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just mm-hmm. about his personal take. It's about also acknowledging everything that's come before and then using it as a stepping tone to then continually expanding the world, yeah. which is what makes him such a great writer.
4: He's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I just like anything Matt Reeves says, I'm going to watch it now. All right, yep. what do you got yep. for me? <laughs> yep. Yeah,
0: he earned all a lot of trust Planet with of Cloverfield and everything from Planet. Yeah, of yeah. The Apes. oh
4: my god, I forgot he did Cloverfield. Yeah, you're right. Wait,
0: wait, wait. he was Cloverfield. Yeah,
4: yeah, the first one. I completely forgot. I completely that genius
1: forgot. bastard.
4: How dare he?
3: All of us Planet of the Apes films, we 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 knew we knew a long time.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure, That's awesome. <laughs> Isaac, do you have any thoughts on anything that was said? I know we kind of went all over the place, but mainly the villain, the Riddler. And everything.
2: <laughs> well, almost, honestly, I would have... Uh, and I know that this uh, sounds uh, like a silly thing, but he he was actually the least interesting part of me, uh, this movie for me. Because the whole dynamic between, I would have li- liked to explore more about the whole uh, Falcone and Batman situation, especially considering uh, what you get, uh, get to know of later down the line. Because you can just, you can uh, switch out the name of the Riddler here and you get essentially any other character from a murder mystery style story uh, or thriller it's a gra- uh, it works great in this interpretation don't get me wrong but the general idea of why Falcone is so connected to Batman in this movie is something new that ha- we haven't seen this Riddler uh, I know that many people compare uh, you talked about Heath Ledger uh, Joker the, uh, the first interrogation scene that you see in the movie that you uh, show in the theater, my first thought was on that scene in The Dark Knight with Ledger. Uh, so I can totally understand people where they're coming from. Like I said, don't get me wrong, I think he, Paul Dine, uh, uh, the, uh, the phenomenal job was what the version they uh, wanted to bring. It fit uh, great. I used uh, to would personally have more with Falcone, so to speak, because his realization, when you heard about what his dad did, and especially when it it was straight up front with Falcone, and then then later, Alfred, that was the most powerful stuff in the entire film for me. But maybe that's just me.
0: It's interesting that you bring up um, the Roman, right? Carmine Falcone, because... In here, it's a long Halloween. He's the main villain. I know I went full dork pulling the book out and everything. But... Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the main conflict, right? Of having that that gang war, having Batman deal with Catwoman and that relationship and everything. I I feel like they they could have went that direction. I feel like the reason they didn't is because Batman Begins also kind of does that, right? Where it's it's focused on that aspect of the world, especially with a character like Carmine. So I get where you're coming from. That would have been a great movie. I mean, it's one of the greatest Batman stories ever written, <laughs> but I, I can see why they wanted to go with the Riddler, who for all intents and purposes hasn't really been in a movie um, because we don't count Batman forever <laughs> in Batman 66, the movie. We don't is...
4: count Batman forever?
0: No, we don't. Did you see Tommy
4: Lee Johnson? I will MLB? always count. No. But it, I will died. always count Batman the movie. McDonald's. Batman the movie is fantastic. You know what? I almost said something that might get me kicked off the podcast. I want to not.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's so here's, here's my take on the whole Carmine thing. Shoot, Isaac, you're not wrong. Mike, you're not wrong. Now, here's the brilliance of it, which is why this is one of the story beats Here's one of the most interesting structure things that I love about this script is that Matt Reeves is the first writer director that has brought Batman on film that understood that the beauty of Batman's rogues gallery is that they all live in Gotham period. They don't just appear out of nowhere. And this is the villain of the week. You know what I mean? They, they're part of the world of Gotham City, which is why this movie is brilliant and is able to juggle all these different antagonists or villain-like characters at the same time. Think about it. Penguin, Catwoman, Carmine, um, the DCPD being corrupt, the Riddler. You got five different villains in the same movie. And the way he makes them work is that each of them actually corresponds to a specific story beat of the film. So they all play a key role all along Halloween, right? Now, the cool thing about the whole Carmine Facon thing is that, Isaac, you may not know this. If, I don't know if you've played it, but this whole thing about Carmine being saved by Thomas Wayne, that you see that in Batman The Telltale Games.
4: Really? Yes. I, I haven't been able to play The Telltale Games yet. That's so cool. Okay.
0: I believe you... That you it's I was saying Halloween. I'm pretty sure it's in, in The Long Halloween. Is it? Probably too. Is it? Yeah. Probably.
4: I haven't read Pretty home sure. in like But four I know, years. but I know that the
1: whole thing about the Arkhams and Thomas Wayne being kind of dirty. It might be kind of too I don't know. <laughs> it's it, but but the whole thing about Thomas Wayne not being 100% a hundred percent the good person, which has never been follow up on screen, it is something that we've seen before in the games, which is right. one of the big things in Telltale Games, which is great. And the penguin plays a big role, which one of the connections that I saw that I loved. Um but yeah, I, I like I like when you think about it, the whole thing with the Rittler is, is that whole angle of the Batman against the criminal element, right? And using Carmine Fan as the point of the story that makes everything personal. He's the element that makes everything personal to Bruce, which you got to think, this is a film where he's in the suit 90% of the time,
4: Thank God. which
1: can we talk about the fact that that's unheard of?
4: yes absolutely absolutely that was one of the standouts for me it was like this is a batman movie yes. this is this it is mostly at night he's mostly in his suit i even have the popcorn bucket the amc did because i loved it so much um but no absolutely i wanted to ask you a question i'm sorry for interrupting but this is the first time on film that we're seeing them mention the mentioned arkham right
1: um i th- i don't I think so
4: I right? think so.
1: I think so because Arkham does have a presence in the Gotham TV series, mm-hmm. but I think on film is the first time. And I mean, is it though? I mean, we do see. I'm no, sure. I think Arkham. Arkham is in Batman Forever. I think
0: again, that, it, that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> okay,
1: calm down. I think <laughs> Arkham, and also in Batman and Robin, that's where Poison Ivy is at the
0: end of it.
4: No, like the, I think like the
0: people like Arkham's. Oh, oh, the like, uh, yes, it's the first one. Yes. <laughs> it was so funny because so many and, people and were connection. like, "Wait, that's that's a family." Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the connection of the Martha Arkham and yeah. Thomas Wayne, and yeah, that's
4: that, so that yes. was, I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, we're going deep now." Cool. Yes,
1: yes, deep cuts, yes. Deep cuts everywhere. Yes. Cuts, which cuts. which is funny because one of the best Batman stories ever told that came out in the last five years the whole thomas arkham thing is one of the big points of it which is um i think batman white knight touches a lot about that too about the legacy of the waynes and all that stuff which is great but but yeah for sure carman falcon personal amazing Amazing. (laughs) okay am i the only one that apart from nolan which was great and whatever was i the only one that loved that this was the most gadget heavy Batman that we've seen in such a long time. And like every time he was in a pickle, <laughs> ha-ha, he used a gadget to get out of it.
4: Yeah. I, his gadgets just didn't stop really. It was honestly fascinating how he just, like, even on his like a uh, calf, he had something, he had his utility belt. He, it, the uh, emblem on his chest popped out. Like He just kept going and I loved it so much. He was like a Swiss army knife, but you know, so, so can He's we human. count him?
1: So he had explosives, so the he had,
4: explosives, yeah. the, the emblem, gun. the adrenaline,
1: or the venom serum. No, um, no, no it's, it's adrenaline. It's adrenaline. It's
4: adrenaline. adrenaline. I will fight you on this one.
0: I'm not fighting anybody, I'm just saying it's dream. Um, <laughs> just like venom. That's all he I'm also, also had the the needles on his gauntlets that he didn't use, yeah. but that is a weapon. Yes. Exactly. There's got to be a comic that addresses. Oh,
4: a- his fly suit, because he did he like. Just yes. pop that out of nowhere, too. Yes. The
0: taser and the gauntlets, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, um, Wink,
0: wink, Arkham City.
1: Arkham Origins, <sighs> right. actually.
0: Is it Origins? Also, yeah, There's I love origins. the grapple, right? I love, like, it's not just a straight-up grapple gun. It's, like, attached to his hip, like, ODM gear from Attack on Titan. Yes. Which is just... Really great, Christian. Oh
4: also, game. amazing, uh, amazing uh, that they took so much from the Arkham games. I've been playing them again since I've watched this movie, and it's just so much fun. It's a yes. great time, yeah. And I it's, I really went back to possible. Arkham Knight right after,
0: and I'm like, give me the suit, where's the suit? Put the suit in the game, <laughs> yeah, where's that DLC at? Right? Yeah, I mean, we I, all
1: know he's not dead, so probably in Gotham Knights, there's going to be a suit. <laughs> I, I
3: genuinely didn't think it was possible for them to improve, uh. What they had done with the Batflex suit for his boots.
1: Oh, Yo. the boots! These boots on this suit Yo. were awesome. So so here's the thing. It's not just the boots to me. And I'm glad that you said the boots. Because the one thing that I've been so excited about this film to talk about is... The sound mixing and editing in this you film. You read my mind. It's ridiculous. You read and my mind. And the idea that the first thing we hear about the myth of the Batman is to <took> him stepping the steps yeah.
4: and then he comes out of the
1: darkness and the fact that every time he enters a place that's all you're hearing
4: you know another good point is he has control over that because he can leave silently he can move around silently but when he wants to be known he's made sure that he's known and i love yes. the sound design and using that
0: that's what's so funny to me. Like, I get, it's it's a great moment, but it's just funny the idea that Bruce is in the background stomping away <laughs> to make sure his presence is known. Yes. It's just like it, it, it's something Batman would totally do because he's always oh, lurking right. in the shadows yep. just to be like, "Hello, Commissioner," just to jump scare him for no reason. Batman's kind yep. of a troll. he's
4: intimidating too. <laughs> yeah. um, when he first walks into the first crime scene, and the guy is like, "Oh, all right," and he just doesn't move. Okay. I love that little little tad bit tidbit.
1: And all the naysayers that, that like ninety percent of the human life on Earth um, said Robert Pattinson Batman no way, bro,
3: bro. He's I wasn't amazing. one of those people. Well, I I knew from the moment they announced him,
0: he would well, be gone. Well, this <laughs> is Landon. Acting wise, are confirmed.
2: Had it been directly after Twilight, then sure. Then uh, it would be totally understandable if you had questioning it. But he is not just Twilight right now. Yeah, He's proving himself afterwards. Well,
1: that's the thing, though. For me, it wasn't that I doubted his acting chops. I was questioning whether or not he can show off the physicality that the Batman demands. Because the whole thing about Batman is not just the fact that you know, he's strong or whatever, is the fact that when Batman's in a room, Batman's in a room. You know what I mean? There's a presence to him. And the fact that he was able to capture that in spades, and that you would look at him in the suit and be like, yeah. (laughs) You know? That was like, I'm glad. Batman
3: that I recall where for most people, you're never going to guess that
1: Yes. Yes, because
3: he really is. I mean, he's he's strong. You can tell, but Mm -hmm. his body looks scrawny. The suit does not, and this goes back to what we were talking about about how decked out the suit is. The suit is a tool of fear. Yep, and that comes out in this movie probably better than.
1: True. True especially yeah. when he's coming out of the darkness and like, it, it's just his approach. It's just perfect. And the voice was
0: just right too.
4: Oh, it's, oh, absolutely. Yes,
0: the voice was just right. One thing I loved about Pattinson's Batman is he captured, I'd say he captured almost all of the characteristics, right? He had the physicality. He had the voice. He had the voice where it can be intimidating. Like he's yelling at Riddler. What have you done? But also mm-hmm. it can show kind of his sarcastic or playful side, like when he looks at Selena and he just says, "You have a lot of cats." He's able to play both, which is something oh, that no Batman best, has been able to do.
1: The best line: "Thumb drive." Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, <laughs> yes. The the humor in oh, this movie
0: got me a lot, honestly.
1: <laughs> can we talk about Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner as Lieutenant uh, James Gordon?
4: Perfect casting.
1: This guy's hilarious. <laughs> That's my favorite Christ. line. That's my
4: favorite line. I like line. that. You could have pulled your punch. I did.
3: Yes. A lot of people have been sleeping on Jeffrey Wright, but I, I've i been on board with him as Gordon since he was cast because I, I watched him in longer games and I was pleasantly surprised how well he took character. Those. Books that I I loved loved the character and made the character better and more important. And he does the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like Wait, he, he's I, in
0: Hunger Games. He is. He's in Hunger Games. He has played Batman. He has also played the Watcher. He does
2: everything. He's great.
1: He's yeah. in he's in the James Bond franchise with Daniel Craig.
2: That one I know. I didn't yesterday yeah. knew about Hunger Games. Yeah.
1: No, he's just great as Gordon. He's just great. I, I love how I love how he's straight man to Batman. And I love how this is a body cop movie with Batman. Like how close he's working with him. Like you do get a lot of that in The Dark Knight and Batman Begins, right? But I like how this one is from beginning to end. It's all about that relationship and them figuring this out together and questioning each other and trusting each other. And is them against the mob, which is great.
0: It yeah. yeah, I feel like Wright is great. I feel like uh, Zoe Kravitz, she's fantastic as well. We got to talk um, about her. Yeah. Okay,
3: yeah, I've I've been waiting.
0: <laughs> go, Landon.
1: Go.
3: Oh, I, I, I mean, Zoe Kravitz. That this movie could just be called Catwoman. This was incredible.
1: Is this your way of saying that? The Halle Berry one doesn't exist. Is this your way. It
4: doesn't. I don't know what you're it's talking not about. not a Catwoman movie. <laughs> oh, so I was no. about
2: to say that. That wasn't even a Catwoman that movie. Was not a Catwoman it movie. Catwoman.
0: That was, that was I, not Celina Kyle at all. Yeah. No, I, I, even, I don't know name what you're talking about. Was,
3: was this from another universe?
0: Sure. Uh, let's just say it's a multiversal movie. There. Exactly.
4: That's <laughs> kind let, me, I, let,
1: let me embrace my inner Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And it's just a weird, you know, B movie that is about a woman that likes cats. It's nothing to do with cat Her
0: name DC. is Patience Phillips.
4: <laughs> what
3: the heck? I think, that was okay. of, I
1: think that was one of those rejected names in Stan Lee's notebook.
3: <laughs> Brandon made the joke I was going to make. I'm because sorry. Because I, I, I'm I literally staring at this on my desk.
0: <laughs> or on my bookshelf. What is yes. that? So, I can't make it out. <laughs>
3: Oh oh it's uh, it's just imagine Stan Lee. Uh, so <laughs> nice.
1: Excelsior. But yes. Catwoman was just um, she was just amazing. Like yeah. what a I love that she brought and and this is no nothing against because Anne, Hath- ha- Anne Hathaway was amazing as Selina Kyle in The Dark Knight Rises in my opinion. Um she was great. But I like how this is comic book Catwoman. There's oh, just so much of I love also how it pays a very good homage to everything that. Um, um, what's the latest Tom King has been doing with Batman and Catwoman um, and the whole mm-hmm. Bat Cat? Like there's so much good Bat Cat in this movie, which I, 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 I just love it because we haven't really enjoyed it as much as they've allowed us to enjoy it is in this film and there's enough of it not too much of it and there's also like the seeds for it to happen something happened later on as well um and again there's a lot of batman the telltale games here too because one of the beats of that game is that relationship and whether it goes further or it doesn't so it's and there is a motorcycle (laughs) bye-bye scene too it's like
0: I don't know, there's a lot also of... So games are, are great. You know, it's one of those yeah. things to me where um, you don't realize how much you love comic book Batman until you watch this movie. And then you realize yeah. how different these movies are, all of these movies leading up to it are from the comic books. Because like, like we were saying earlier, we don't really hear or see a, the Arkhams or Arkham Asylum at all. We don't get Batcat, right? We don't get uh, Batman working with Gordon and solving these mysteries and these riddles. And so it's like, it's one of those things that made me go back to reading comic books. Cause I haven't read Batman comics in a long time. And it's just like, Oh yeah, I love this character. I love this world. And even though I've been watching the movies, the movies didn't always represent that. And so it kind exactly. of made me rediscover and refall fall in love with the world of Batman and the larger bat family, because Matt Reeves like, hell yeah. You remember this, this character that you guys read and watched as a kid we're going to do that again, and we're going to yes. just distill it in its purest form. We're going to strip all the, the Justice League stuff away and just make a Batman story. I think that's one of the, the strongest elements of this movie.
3: But just to just to go back to that people throw around the term chemistry with movies all the time. Nah, nah. This, this movie's in a different uh, this is rocket science on display. <laughs> I, I felt like I was watching real people and not characters. Yeah. And it's so good. I, I mean, even the little things, like uh, her relationship, oh, uh, plays out so well. Like, even that moment of and uh, in, in, in the nightclub, and I think everyone could probably tell, um, uh, where she talks to Falco, and she basically stops talking to Bruce, and that's that's a very raw moment where I didn't feel like I was watching, I just felt like I was watching a movie.
0: Yes. Keeper. One of my favorite tweets was um, Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson are just Tom Holland and Zendaya for adults.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you sent me that one, actually. That's that is, a good one.
1: That is I mean, have oh, you seen their
2: uh, chemistry in interviews? They clearly click with each other. So.
4: <laughs> oh, absolutely. They, they, they definitely get along well. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, the chemistry, every time they're on the screen together, it's just electric. It's absolutely electric. You're drawn in to see the dynamic. You're drawn in to to see where it goes next. You kind of hope it works out for them, but you know it really shouldn't. It really wouldn't with where they're at right now. Um, Their departure from each other was was lovely as well. Uh, I think they are like a lot of uh, what makes this movie work so well. The Bat and the Cat.
1: (laughs) And and you know what? And I want to take advantage of the whole Bat and Cat talk to mention this because. what I, yes. what I most love about the film and the interaction of all the characters and the, and the take on all the characters is that not only is this the most comic of Batman, but also when I look back, like Mike was saying before, it's like most of the Batman movies have always been looking to how to do a new take on 66 or a modernized take on 66 right or on those batmans that were famous before i like how this movie celebrates current comic book batman not the batman from 20 years ago Mm -hmm. like i can go back to a comic book now and this is the batman that i'm reading that i'm seeing on screen we've never seen this much synergy between the book and the film till this point which is why i love it so much because all of it feels fresh and like like it even didn't... reminds you of like year zero,
0: right? The, the Scott yes. Snyder. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys caught it, but like I, I've always said it this is my favorite. You guys talked about the boots. My favorite thing of this suit is the cape. Because the cape takes direct inspiration from Batman White Knight and Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Which is like or de- just on the like, kind of oh, because yeah, the like, collar. <laughs> yeah. The, the the collar, like the lifted collar over here. Yeah. That's uh, OK. I-, I love it.
3: I thought you were talking about the actual flowing
4: part of the cape. It it just looks like a cape. Uh, yeah, I do like that collar.
1: Yeah, and that's from Batman White Knight.
4: And I like how it shows most of his chin. It's not like cut off right here around yes. his uh, yes. mouth. That actually shows his face. It's really good yes. for uh, facial expressions too. Yes. Um, yes. They, if you don't know, uh, they actually change the eyebrows from like looking like they're angry to be more neutral. So, so uh, Robert Hatzel is allowed to have more uh, expressions come through the mask. Yeah. And he's really was was also a lot
0: of eye acting. There was a lot of eye acting.
4: Yeah. Right? yeah. A lot
0: of looks and like. If you look at nuanced. the stitching on the mask, it's the exact same pattern as Adam West though, which is another great detail. It's a great touch.
4: <laughs> You're right, I'm looking right, right now. Pointy the, the,
0: yeah. the pointy uh, yeah. ears. The pointy ears. It's just great. It
4: It,
3: it is way better than it, especially the bale suit. The bale suit is starting to show its age a little bit. And this one, it it looked like
0: leather.
4: And
3: it's yeah. a timeless suit.
4: It sounded like leather too, which is nice. When he moved, you hear like the suit rubbing against each other. You hear it move. It just made it feel so grounded. Which side note: this is a total tangent. It makes me laugh when people uh, talk about how realistic this movie is. When it feels so comic booky to me, it feels so comic booky to me. I get the realism take. I do. Don't get me wrong, but it just makes me think of the Gotham that I've known for so long now, or, or modernized Gotham at least.
0: I, I think but the really issue there is that um, Batman comics are pretty grounded <laughs> by comic book standards.
4: By comic book standards. And, yes.
0: Right. So when people are comparing it to Doctor Strange, literally going into the multiverse of madness, wow. it's going to feel grounded. But yeah, right. It's, right. it's it's definitely comic book Batman.
1: Which goes back to what you were saying, Mike. Like, this Batman is not the same Batman that's hanging out with the Justice League. Right. Like, we're allowed to have two different Batmans. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: I think
2: um, uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. No,
4: Gordon. please go ahead.
2: I was just thinking uh, people talking about realistic. is probably the whole thing about, uh, people. I believe people can have a hard time seeing something like Clayface uh, uh, turning out. Maybe Russell Gul um, being included in this universe, so to speak. Someone that Riddler works because he's a, a person that uh, knows how to. Uh, uh, give clues uh, that trying to outwit the Batman whereas uh, the whole uh, more supernatural and uh, spectrum of villains might not work in this uh, type right. of setting that uh, they that wanted to use or let's say that uh, Matt Reeves wanted to do a Justice League on its Zone you, you can argue that let's say a Superman uh, would be a rather it would feel rather jarring introduce uh, him down the line in this kind of... this type of world that I, I introduced in the Batman. Yeah. I think that's what people are talking about when uh, they talk about real, I, uh, realistic, so to speak. I guess
0: I would disagree a little bit because, much like the comic books, Batman, this version of Batman would still exist in continuity with Superman. It's just... When he teams up with Superman, his suit's brighter. His personality is a little more optimistic. But Gotham and Metropolis still exist in the same world. So, yeah, but, I feel like he could do Superman if he really wanted to. I think, yeah, but um, I'm
2: going, well. sorry, <laughs>
4: I'll be quick. I think, um, Matt Reeves has a lot more flexibility than people are expecting so far, especially with this Batman being a starting point. If Cloverfield's anything to go by, they were talking about earlier, I think he could make a, a supernatural introduction. Feel just as real and grounded as the Riddler, just in his own way. Um, and I kind of hope he does go for that and go- goes for something that's a bit more out there, because, uh, like we all know, Batman has so many villains to pick from. It'll be really interesting. But uh, go ahead with your point. <laughs> well, this. I mean, uh, I...
2: we also have. Sorry, you were finished.
4: Oh, oh, no, oh no! Go ahead, Isaac.
2: Yeah, okay. because let. Uh... Well, they are absolutely right, Mike. Uh, let, let's remember one thing. Comic books and movies are totally different uh, uh, genres of. Oh, so, sorry, Jonas. Uh, How
1: dare not, you don't know?
2: Sorry. <laughs> it, it's uh, sort of like, let's say, uh, the Wolverines jello costume. I know uh, it, it's not. Um, X-Men is not uh, Batman, but. Right. You know, wouldn't work uh, as well as people believe. In live action, because how it portrays in the comic books, you need to make it a, a tweak and this uh, uh, adjustment to make it look more adjustable to live action, uh, so to speak. While you can be more comic booky in animated animation, it's all about uh, it can come off more jarring with a more supernatural twist here than if this. This was is so
0: funny considering our Sunset Limited book- podcast last week.
2: <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But so, I'm not saying that it couldn't work. But I'm just uh, trying to play devil's advocate and seeing why people calling this realistic in comparison to, uh, let's say, right. well, Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, so so to speak. I, uh,
4: I, yeah,
3: I definitely disagree with that point. And and this is what I was going to raise earlier is that. You know, people have said it, it, it feels realistic, but in reality, it's more like comics. Uh, what it reminds me of is Blade Runner. Because Blade Runner has those fantastical elements in it, but they're they're not front and center. They're to the periphery. And it Blade Runner is pretty and realistic. Uh, you could have Blade Runner take place in the real world, and have none of the sci-fi elements and it
1: still be a free story. It's a crime flitter. That's what it is. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Batman does the same stuff. It yes. Has a fantastical setting, but it is grounded in the rope. And that I, I think is what sets it apart. I think you could absolutely have Superman in it. Uh, doesn't mean Superman has to have a flight suit or anything strange like that. Just be Superman, and you believe that. Oh, there is a superpowered alien in this world. Cool. Everybody accepts it, and the movie still feels exactly like. This.
0: <laughs> go, Mike. Go. <laughs> we both were about to be like, and here we go. So, I <laughs> I hear yeah i hear what isaac's saying i hear what landon's saying i i agree mainly with what landon's saying but i also just want to reiterate the point of i don't want superman in the batman at all i want this to be a batman universe with batman characters because every time I, dc tries a cinematic universe it's too much
4: <laughs> you read my mind i was going to say that earlier i was listen Justice League is great, but I have the animated movies for now. I want them to keep Batman away from Justice League for as long as possible. Just let me enjoy this world, please. Still look,
2: still look. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but what if they would introduce someone like Green Arrow then, being on the same? No. Uh... No, Definitely give me Nightwing instead. I don't. I don't
0: need anybody who's not a Bat Family character to be in this yeah. franchise. You sound uh, like you're at the end of your rope with this. Yeah, well, uh, you so- know I've put up with DC nonsense since 2013. I'm just tired, man.
3: I, I thought you were going to say I've put me up with too. Isaac nonsense since 2013. Me so, I, mean, I mean that they, too,
0: but they go they go hand in hand.
1: But okay, so uh, here's my take. Here's my take. So so. I, I, I understand everybody's point and I agree with everybody to an extent. But I'm more flexible. The way I see it is if you can make me believe that these characters belong in the same screen together, I'm good with it. My problem is when you sacrifice the essence of these characters to try and just smash them together, which is kind of what happened with the theatrical cut. I'm making a very big distinction here. Which is what happened with the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman, because this, the because the Ultimate Edition is actually pretty excellent in my opinion. Um, but if you but if Matt Reeves can make us believe that they belong in the same screen and it makes it work, I'm good with it. That being said, I am totally also good with them leaving Batman in his island, but I don't want them to be afraid to explore the, fan- the fantasy elements of Batman's mythos, because. You got the Court of Owls to introduce weird, immortal creatures. You have Clayface, which you can use as a great side villain. You have Bane with the Venom Serum. You have Ra's al Ghul to introduce with the League of Assassins and his immortal Lazarus Pits. There's a way of doing this. If you you present it without fear, it it can work. And you know for a fact, even though Matt Reeves has said that he's going to take a break from Gotham to do other stuff before I revisit it, He's planning on doing more shit because if he's not planning on doing this, then why did he keep in alive and why did he give a shout out to Bloodhaven? Like, you don't just shout out Bloodhaven. And to think about it, this this is the first time anybody's mentioned Bloodhaven. I think in a DC film that I know of, and everybody he, he knows also, that. Blood, and I know everybody knows that Bloodhaven means Nightwing. So it's like, not that we'll see also, Nightwing anytime soon. Probably. I'm sorry. I'll be, I'll go right now, but. I do also know that this is a very young Bruce, so I don't see him taking an orphan in anytime soon. I,
3: but, I, I, but I still we can do a time jump. No, you also don't hire an actor to play
1: Joker and use them only in one scene if you're not if you're not exactly if you're not gonna do more with them. Now I do want to say this though, before we jump into because I think we're starting to walk into what we want
0: them to do next right we're kind of we're going there but i want i like landon mentioned joker i want your thoughts on one that scene and then the deleted scene <laughs>
1: okay so i got i got three things those two being okay. two of them before we jump into those but that's going to be quite a conversation was I the only one that was enamored about the fact that we have an alfred that's very different than every alfred we've seen before that it's Alfred was actually the one that taught him how to fight, and that our our Batman was not trained by ninjas, but is actually a very skilled boxer. You guys yeah, noticed that. That. Yeah. the boxer? That's the one, boxer,
4: Yeah, that's right? a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, he
1: actually has like the thread like a boxer. He he does that underneath the gloves because oh, that's what his training is. That, that to oh. me was like bro that's uh, because and not only that only someone that's trained with that type of fighting style that's used to that close hand-to-hand combat like an mma fighter or can take he is so more many more blows like
4: aggressive with it too
1: yes and it's all punches he rarely uses kicks unless he really has right. to to take so many blows to the head and come back with a stamina that's that's a boxer right there like because that's what you know what i mean because that he also was, shows like, why he- his
0: that's why you can really a different, fight, right now. different oh fighting, God. style, right? Because she is using kicks, and he's just going, <laughs> poof, 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 right, like a right, 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 straight to it. Like that's it.
1: Like he knows that these are his weapons.
4: He has but... brute force.
1: Yes, yes, wow.
4: a yes,
2: and not, that's uh, well, the... <laughs> A Gotham's uh, Alfred also teach the uh, Bruce how to fight, if I'm not mistaken. Right, two, and it... it's all taken that's from, still, Earth still, yeah. Yeah. from Earth One. Yeah, from Earth One. Isn't is Isn't this based on a uh, Alfred? I can't recall which version. Uh, that it's when he is a former MI6 agent because he talked about time in the circus, which yeah, last that's checked, One. Uh, yeah. Is a reference to uh, the, the secret MI6. agency with yep. And here's also uh, uh, something, uh, sort of like the theories slash comment uh, suggestion. I uh, would, uh, would like to ask you guys, uh, you uh, all, if if that would uh, work. What if they name drop the circus uh, as a measure of uh, making it more possible to introduce Dick Grayson down the line, of using this circus, having uh, Dick Grayson being uh, an orphan of two Secret Agent that he takes in on, explaining uh, his combat training. Personally, that you know what I'm gonna
1: let the Nightwing expert take this one. Okay, so (laughs) let me get on the set box here.
4: I'm going to grab my popcorn.
0: If they're going to introduce Dick Grayson, they don't have to mention the circus. I I don't feel like that, I'm not going to sit here and say that was a nod or setup at all because the entire theme of this movie is orphans, right? Selena, uh, Edward, Bruce. And so I feel like Bruce taking in uh Dick Grayson or a Jason Todd or a Tim Drake is in it's in line with his character from this movie, right? Seeing how his parents failed with that orphanage. I feel like he would want to kind of start that up again. And you even establish in this film how he feels about them, the mayor's son. He keeps staring at him. He his heart goes out to that kid. And so I feel like emotionally, and everything as a character, Bruce is leaning that direction. But as Brandon said earlier, the maturity level isn't there for him to take in a child oh, no. <laughs> at all. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. we can even
1: question was it
0: ever there, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's why I feel like you, you can introduce Robin at any point or Dick Grayson at any point. He doesn't even have to be Robin right away. But you can introduce the kid at any point because honestly, Batman's never mature enough to take in a child. Yeah. So... But you know what's interesting though?
1: I wouldn't I would I would say that there is a there is a sequel. In my mind, where I can see Matt Reeves start and Batman already took him in. Yeah. Why not? If he made a Batman year two movie work this well, what it is for what is it for us to be surprised if we if we meet him in the sequel and
0: there's a kid that he took in? Yeah, we just time yeah. jump to year four, right? Because year three is when he takes in Grayson anyway. Exactly. So why not?
1: And even then, I'm going to say this, and I might be hated, but what if it's Carrie Kelly? But um, I'm going to say We this, missed though. that window with Affleck, honestly. <laughs> True. We did. Um, now, that being said, you asked me two questions. Joker, or that one character that then he just said was Joker. Or the one that becomes, or maybe becomes Joker. It's Just say Joker, man. That was way too much. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to, I got to respect Matt Reeves on this. Proto
0: Joker.
1: Proto Joker. Neo the Joker. Inmate. No, wrong comic book. Okay, so did I like that scene? I think it was great. And I'm talking about the scene in the cut. Um, the scene was great because in points in the future, but what I like about that scene is not that the Joker's there. What I like about that scene is that it highlights Arkham. That's what I like about that scene. Now, do I want Joker to be a headliner in the sequel? Absolutely not. I want him to be around, but I don't want him to be the headliner. I have thoughts on the sequel, but when we get there, we'll talk about it. The deleted scene should have been left when the movie dropped on HBO Max. It shouldn't have been released the way it was it really kind of dampens everything else that we've enjoyed from the film is it a good scene yeah but you're just the to me when i watched the deleted scene with barry keegan it just made me think it makes perfectly sense why you cut it (laughs) you know what i mean it wasn't even like oh there's just scene. like oh my god what if it was in the movies like no i it makes me think "You're you're a great director and your editor was it. right, <laughs> and you cut it. Perfect. Should have been should have been should it have been made the 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 media fiasco that it was when it released. I think that was unnecessary. If anything, it detracts from all the good press the Batman was getting. That's my take.
3: I I like the scene that's in the movie. And and I'll tell you why. I think it contrasts very differently to the uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins for a long time has been my favorite. Solid top to bottom. Good stuff. This is right there teetering on the edge of making me change. And the ending is a great example. Because Batman Begins teases the Joker as, ha, 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 he's definitely going to be in the sequel. This one doesn't do that. It it has the Joker in it as a tease, but it's not a tease for the Joker. It's a tease for look what havoc has been unleashed.
1: Or could be unleashed.
3: Exactly. You, you could do three or four movies and never have the Joker in it and that scene not feel gratuitous. Um I uh I I like it.
4: I like I, I like it. Well, that's so descriptive, Jayla. Um, I like this Joker. I like the way they're introducing him. I like the Hannibal Lecter kind of situation going on between Batman and the Joker. I want them to keep that relationship for a little bit longer before we have a breakout and something of that nature, because I think it shows us the dynamic of the Batman Joker that I like the most personally. It shows a relationship between them. And it also gives the chance for other villains to still have the spotlight that they definitely deserve at this point. Um, We've seen the Joker so many times. Him having a backseat, a little hanging out, doing his thing in Arkham, it works really well because you still have Joker in in the Batman story, which is something that a lot of people want, but it's something new. Um, I didn't mind the deleted scene, personally, um, I agree why it got taken out because its just it's a rehash of what they say at the end, so it makes sense. But I still liked it and I still like the character design from what we saw. Obviously, it's gonna be very different if we ever get to see the full face. but um no complaints, just you know, curious. I'm very cautiously optimistic about it.
0: Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts on this Joker deleted scene because when we did our review of it, that scene wasn't out. So (laughs) this is the first time I've actually been able to talk about it. It reminds me of, is it the killing joke where Batman goes to Arkham and talks to the Joker. I think it's like near the beginning of that story. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. and so it it gives me that vibe, which is cool. But the, the issue I have is, I don't know, it just, it feels unnecessary, which again is why Matt Reeves cut it. He even said himself, it's unnecessary.
4: Yeah, it's just but, cool to see.
0: Yeah, it, it's cool to see, and I get why they cut it. I don't. I still don't know why we left him in the stinger at the end, because the Joker. I feel like we all agree that the Joker is Batman's biggest villain, right? So when we meet him, this proto Joker, he's already in the asylum, which means he's already fought Batman. He's already been defeated. I feel like a cooler tease would be to show us the Red Hoods, maybe as a maybe that's one of the. Maybe that's the gang Batman fights at the beginning of the movie is the Red Hoods. And you still tease that the Joker exists or will exist, but it's not a direct reference to him because it does feel like Batman Begins, where new origin story, tease the Joker at the end, he's probably going to be in the sequel. Reeves has come out and said that Joker probably won't be in the sequel. He doesn't plan on having the Joker pop up for a while, but... watching it in the context of the movie, it all just kind of felt unnecessary. And that's the last time we see the Riddler. So the last time we see the big bad of this movie, it's overshadowed by introducing the villain everybody really wants to see in this Joker character. I absolutely agree.
4: I just like the Hannibal Lecter relationship. (laughs) Outside of that, I want to see, I want to (laughs) see, I want to see Calendar Man.
1: Yes. You oh, imagine doing like a mix. calendar man holiday mix?
4: Oh my God. The um, holiday special. A little Christmas story for everyone to enjoy. Batman out. Noel.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I
3: want to see two. I want to see Mr. Freeze. I want to see Hush.
4: I do actually want to see Hush, actually. So, I, I legit want to see Hush. They kind of teased it, right? We saw Hush. Hush is,
0: my, Hush is one of my favorite Batman stories. I know, Brandon, you're not as big on it as me. But I feel yeah, like, wasn't this movie time. kind of already Hush? Yes and no. Yes and no. Well, well, it has elements maybe. of it.
1: I just yeah. hope that if they do Hush, they do comic book Hush. Not the weird thing they did in the animated movie. That's yeah, what I hope. That was awful. Now, since we're talking about future films. Um, Isaac, do you have anything to say about the Joker thing? Because you haven't said anything. He's asleep.
2: Eh, normal. I have, have no. honestly no real comment about the Joker scene besides donkey turn. It's a interesting interpretation <laughs> look-wise. Yeah. That's McSinneson's.
4: Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. So I do, so, 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 I'm sorry. We're... Before we, we, Should... we fully move on to sequels, I do want to say uh, on your Alfred point, I like that this Alfred was heavily involved in and figuring things out and finding out the riddles like he he had his hand deep into yes. everything going on i really appreciated that but that's all i would say.
1: but it's funny because I, you see that and that's very earth one because yeah. on earth one he's with bruce in and out also in earth one the Batcave is a subway station just like this movie so there's a lot of it there which is great I, again i don't like batman earth one <laughs> But I, they did. I, I want to throw they, did out. They, they did take the best elements of it and put it in film, which is great.
3: I want to throw out one final thought about Andy Circus because Andy Circus is great in everything. Absolutely. But I, I love, I love so much that the world has finally figured out that he can actually act. <laughs> yes, <when> he <laughs> he's not bad. sitting here playing
0: clayface, right? Yes. I,
3: don't yeah. don't
0: tempt them. I, yes.
3: I, I feel uh, about. The uh, Andy Circus Renaissance. That you know the same way I do when a comedic <laughs> actor does a dramatic role for the first time yes. in a
1: movie. Yes,
0: it, you know um,
1: when an ape it, it, takes a dramatic. I, I,
0: I'll be honest with you. Like Andy Circus could have been nominated for best actor in War of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, oh, that's yeah. how good he was. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah.
3: a thousand percent.
0: Yeah.
1: Thousand percent. Uh, I, I, I I would agree with you guys, but I haven't seen those movies, so please don't kill me. I so,
3: have to see and them. Right you safe you're and, uh, That was a great place to end the podcast.
4: <laughs> well, I gotta go, guys.
1: <laughs> He's out. Um, but yeah, Andy Circus was just phenomenal, and I like how his character, without that much speak, it was very nuanced. Like, there was so Mm -hmm. much emotion Mm -hmm. in everything he did and portrayed. And, like, and like, even – especially in the beginning of the film, where kind of, like, Bruce is not giving him the time of day, you can see in his face that he does understand Bruce's pain. And, like, he just wants to reach out to let Bruce know that he understands but Bruce is just not getting it. And you can just see it in his eyes
0: and all those things. It's just great. It also changes their dynamic a little bit, though, right? Because – Since he is basically, he was basically their bodyguard, not their butler, right, in the story. And so him having to take up the role of father is one that he was never comfortable with or suited for. Right. I'm I'm here to protect you. I'm not really here to nurture you. Right. And so I feel like that's a a neat little wrinkle because 90% of the time it's like, why didn't Alfred get this kid therapy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but in this story, it's like, okay, yeah, Alfred was put in a situation he was not prepared for. Right. And, and not only that, say, he, right?
1: he, and you got to think, what does what does this Alfred know? He knows right. war. He knows battles. So he's going to treat him to deal with trauma the way he did as a soldier. Right. Which is not necessarily healthy, but, but still, it's like, <laughs> yes.
3: But, but I, I think what's interesting, too, is that even though, yes, everything you all just said is correct, this is also perhaps the most fatherly Alfred we've seen in him. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how to do it. He just he does his best. Yes. And you see the fruits it, it, throughout Bruce's character. You see the fruits. And, and it's, right. it's a really great touch. It, it There's so many layers to this movie. And, and I, I love three-hour movies already. I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's King Kong, uh, you know, Avengers Endgame, these movies where you can just sit down for a long stretch and enjoy the ride. Batman is that. Yes. And to I, I hate using the metaphor because Shrek joke out of it, but it is like an onion. And there are so many layers <laughs> to what this movie is. We Oga's can pull it
0: apart Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well actually, Landon, this movie is two hours and fifty-six minutes. So oh. stop it. Stop uh. it. Why are you booing me? I'm right. No, you're not. They hate no, you're not. is right. Can can, <laughs> can you imagine,
3: Mike? Can, can you imagine if uh, the immortal guest is going the fall? Oh my
0: gosh. That'd be the greatest epic in history. So We're gonna link that go. episode down below. So let's talk about sequels, right? Yes. Right,
4: right, sequels.
0: What do you guys want to see in Two Batman, Two Furious?
4: <laughs> Batman ben X. Diesel giving Bruce Wayne a lesson about family. No, <laughs> sorry. That would no. actually
0: be an amazing movie.
4: <laughs> you, you
3: make that joke, but Ben yes. Diesel would be a great Mr. Freeze.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm not I, laughing at your joke. I'm not laughing at your stretch. I'm laughing at everyone's reaction to processing it. I promise. I'm just, no okay, it, so Tila, sequels.
0: What are we doing? Let's go. Mm,
4: sequels. Sequels. I, I want them. I don't oh God. There's so many things I want to see. There's so many things that so makes it hard because like I don't want them to like go from this and then like like straight into something super wild. I I like that processing it because this was basically his origin story. This was the origin story of Bruce Wayne finding his purpose as Batman, not the Batman as the putting on the suit. Um, So with thinking within the context of the story and the flood and the power grab that's gonna be happening with Penguin probably, um, I hope we get introduced to Harvey Dent but not have it happen yet. I want that to happen later on. So in the power struggle, we have Harvey Dent show up and see their relationship form. Um, I hope we see possibly a little bit of hush. This kind of teased a little bit. I know we have a lot of elements there already, but I'd love to see that. I'd love to see uh, exploring more of um, what influence Batman has. Um, and how they go about that, I'm not quite sure yet, but I do want to see more of that, and I want to see more of the impact of having the Riddler accomplish what he did, because he got away with a lot. (laughs) He got away with a lot, and I want to see what that inspires. How does that, where does that lead, you know? Um, The ARGs also picked up some interesting things uh, of maybe a regular coming back in the background, pulling strings. Maybe he gets uh, an accomplice. Um, but no, mostly I want them to build off the things they have now. I want them to give us more detective work, but not be afraid to explore some more characters and, uh, you know, build on the world. That made sense. That was a lot of word vomit guys. No, 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 <laughs> no, even no. That made sense.
2: Yes.
0: I mean, Brandon hosts this podcast ninety percent of the time, so we're used to word vomit.
2: <laughs> Amen.
0: But <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, Hush is an interesting one because there are elements of that in this story, but nothing is like Batman Hush. So I feel like we can right. pull that off. But the thing about Batman Hush, and this is again me being having that comic book bias, is that that story takes place deep into Batman's career. And so there are characters like Oracle and Nightwing and Huntress and Superman, right, and yeah, all these characters right. that that play into that. And I don't want to do it a disservice. If I wanna if we're doing Hush, I wanna just go forward and do Hush. Not a watered down version of
4: Hush. You know, I didn't think about that. I should have. Because I've read the comic, but I, I was thinking more of like the feeling of the story gave me, and I completely like when you read comics, you forget that all these characters are in it sometimes. Yeah, because um,
0: in Hush, Robin number three is there. So
4: yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> I, read, I I have something to chew on. But that's a really good point.
0: But the
1: interesting thing is that you can you can say that the uh, basis for Hush is there because not only is the word there, but you can, the, I think there's a world <laughs> where Edward Elliot, the reporter, was the son of Thomas Elliot. It was Ooh. the father of Thomas
0: Elliot. So you can probably, yep. you know.
4: That's true as well. I don't know. Yeah, I can see both working. Um, as can, to Matt Reeves in. can
0: do it. If anybody can do it. Oh, he right.
4: can do it, obviously. But yeah. I just never considered that, you know, Oracle was a part of it at that point. I never really considered that, you know, Robins are are getting involved too because I was thinking more of a stripped down version. But that is a really good point to consider as far as how they move forward. Because my biggest issue, it'd be a bit, a bit hypocritical of me, because my biggest issue with uh, Justice League Batman was because we got this Batman that's so far into his career that it lost so much of the impact of of like seeing Batman be Superman, of him working with Justice League. A lot of that impact was lost for me personally, even though I thought Ben Affleck did an amazing job. Um, because it, he was already so far into his crew that we hadn't seen yet, so I think that was a good good point. That I'm thinking on now.
0: Why are you chew on that, Isaac? Is there anything else you want to see in the, in the Batman sequel?
2: Well, this is semi-serious uh, in regard to what I want to see. But Only semi-serious. Yes, because uh, I know that this won't uh, happen, but I would love uh, it to happen. Mm-hmm. In an interview, Nicolas Cage said that he wants to play Egghead in a uh, Batman sequel. And I w- in a, a dark version of Egghead. And him playing that character against Robert Pattinson's Batman, please give it to me now. That would just be something else. I'll do you one better.
0: Nicolas Cage is Professor Pig.
4: Okay. Oh, I saw that! Yes! Yes, that'd be really. Yeah, that's a good one. Nicolas point. Cage <laughs>
3: could do anything. But I want to see a lot of Batman. I, I just don't know that his style fits this world.
2: I could be wrong. Hey, have you said uh, he How is a it? dramatic actor when he wants to? Emphasis Nicolas on the fact Cage is amazing.
1: When he wants to.
2: No, <laughs> yes. he's always a.
1: Even but he has, a lot I of good just, stuff. he has an. I just of he has an unbearable weight of massive talents.
3: I don't know that he fits what they built.
1: I, True.
3: Listen, he he is a square peg, and I feel like this movie is a round hole.
0: The the wrong hole. So, no. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it. it <laughs> It's, Nobody's gonna get that joke, but the ones who you know, don't, know. You
3: don't put a square peg in a round hole. I think Nicolas Cage can do anything. They could put him in this movie, but I think his style is is different enough to where it would it would tonally clash with whatever story. Yeah.
0: So, Landon, while you're talking, what do you want to see? in the Batman 2.
3: Well, I'm going to give you Batman 2 and...
0: Oh, shit. So okay, I, buckle I, up, everybody.
3: Yeah. So, I want to see, for, for the second film, I, I do want to see Harvey Dent introduce Donald Glover's Harvey Dent. Uh, because Harvey Dent, the big thing with Harvey Dent is that he is a young, smart turn. That's why everybody likes it. Uh, I don't think that The Dark Knight really captured that. The Dark Knight captured the dichotomy between Harvey Dent and Batman, but I don't think it really captured why Harvey Dent being a young attorney getting elected as district district attorney is a big
1: deal. Uh,
3: so I think you need a younger actor to play the character. I think uh, Donald Glover would be perfect, uh, kind of as a, a throwback to uh, Batman. Batman '89. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. When uh, we we had Billy Dee Williams as Harvey Dent. And they I love showed. that we
0: just keep replacing Billy D. Williams with Gambino. <laughs> I mean, that
1: being <laughs> said, I don't know why, but I see Jonathan Majors being amazing as Harvey Dent. Just for the fact that Jonathan Majors acting chops, but also the physicality that he can bring to that character would be I, like... I
2: can see
3: it, damn. but I think the physicality doesn't fit Harvey.
1: Well, it fits Two-Face. So it's a precursor. That's, that's what I'm does. seeing because I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the final product, but I get what you're saying. Like Harvey Dent is not well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Harvey Dent in books that is, you can see the unstableness at like, like in the background of his mind as he operates. So like, like Donald Glover is amazing, but there's something about seeing what he becomes and being able to transmit that physically, I think Jonathan Majors would just knock it out of the park. So, What do you
4: guys think about uh, John David Washington?
0: Psh, hell yeah. Have you guys hell seen yeah. Tenet? Yeah. I have, yeah! yeah. Yes. You know, <laughs> yes.
2: in Walter Rowe, he could pretty much I think play he any just role. It. When it, uh, yeah. if As we, Harvey
1: Dent,
0: yeah.
2: Harvey great. Dent, yeah, he would kill yeah. it. Yeah.
3: I could buy that. And, and I think I could actually buy that better than... Donna Glover. No offense yeah. to Donna Glover.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, um, he is.
3: So, I do I do want to use Harvey Dent, but I don't want him to be Two Face at all in two-face. Okay, and cool. I, I I think that's on purpose because comic fans are going to be like, "Is he going to become Two Face?" No, I, I don't want that to be the dramatic tension of these films. Right, right, right. Um. Uh, I, I want the dramatic tension of Harvey Dent to be one where he is at odds with Batman, and Gordon. there's a push-pull. Uh, I also, I want to see the main villain be Mr. Freeze. Because somebody else pointed this out, and it's that this is the first Batman we've seen that genuinely feels like he could save Mr. Freeze. And I think that would be really, really cool to see. Play.
1: Like, like, like an interesting adaptation of Sub Zero.
3: Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I mean, a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, I I also I, I want to go with the the oddball choice. They went with the oddball choice for Robert Pattinson. I would love to see Tyler Perry as Mister Freeze. And I've, I've thrown Tyler Perry out as Darkseid for a long time because I think he could genuinely channel everything that Darkseid is.
1: Darkseid is? Hey! But I, th- that's a I deep think cut. that he
3: also could get the
0: behind Mr. Yeah. I um, just want a Mr. Miracle show now. Dang it. <laughs> that book is so good. Um... Uh, I've been wanting to So so
3: yeah, that, that that's my pitch for for your two villains. Nice. I think the dramatic tension of the movie actually needs to be uh, with Bruce trying to repair his family legacy. Uh, the orphan plot that Michael mentioned, it's perfectly set up for him to restart the orphanage, uh try bringing in kids off the street yeah need structure and you could definitely introduce uh dick grayson through that subplot.
0: i just had a crazy thought of like what if batman incorporates just this orphanage (laughs) (laughs) oh geez sorry that's why i'm laughing i'm not laughing at you my my brain went off (laughs)
2: Would, I mean that. That would be, one way to that get would be his, funny. Uh, I love. Soldiers. I
1: love
0: how we all have
1: very distinctive sequel ideas. I love this. We do. Yes. So yeah.
3: for the third movie, like I said, I do have a third movie in mind. You um,
0: made a I trilogy. Do. Dang.
3: Well, well. So, so.
0: I love uh, it. I love you
3: it. Know how a lot of times in the third movie they try to do like the dark version of the character. Spider-Man three tried it to varying degrees of success. I say go for it, go all in on Hush as your main one, but do with Hush what they did with the room I'm not saying you have to totally reinvent Hush because Hush is a modern, one. anyways, uh, but really lean into that dichotomy. You've already set up Everything you need to in the first two movies, mm-hmm. got the orphanage back up and running. Hush has a reason to be in this third movie, and uh, I say, if, if you're going to bring the Joker into this trilogy, it's going to be with Hush uh, breaking the Joker out to be his agent of chaos, basically. Uh, and I would love to see a redeemed freeze
0: helping Batman be able to figure out a way uh, Kind of like how you know, Poison Ivy helped out Batman in Arkham Knight a little bit. Yes. <laughs> uh, we were talking earlier about the tech in his suit.
3: And even in this, this first movie, uh, the Riddler was was very savvy with how he used weapons and, and various objects to find his victims. Uh, I think that Freeze could very much do the same for Batman. He's, he's very adept with uh, weapons that are cold. <laughs> uh, so I think that you could do that uh mm-hmm. you could you could also make him kind of the more sciencey uh, and if oracle was a part of these stories i i think it would be cool to have oracle working with freeze i i don't really know that you could do oracle in these first two movies without it feeling like too many cooks in the kitchen especially if you're going to do harvey dent uh if you try to do Harvey Dent and Oracle and Mister Freeze and Hush and Joker, it's it's just gonna feel like I'm, I'm just throwing stuff at the screen. Instead, I of feel like a Oracle
0: story. is pretty easy though, since she's just Gordon's daughter who works at a computer. <laughs> you can probably get that plot resolved in like ten minutes.
1: You could you could even do you can skip
0: the paralyzed. You've got a point. You can skip that girl altogether and just do Oracle. Right. It's also a world, world where that can He's not going to put Gordon's daughter in danger on purpose. Right. You've
3: got a point. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe she works for
1: Gordon after he becomes commissioner. Maybe she works for Wayne Enterprises as a tech junkie, and that's where Batman recruits her.
0: That's just full April O'Neil from the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles run. I love it.
1: And <laughs> Philadelphia Smoke. I'm
0: sorry. I did that. Yeah, um, it did. I did. I did do
3: that. I, I, I do also it. say that uh, Zoe Kravitz Catwoman is going to be in every single one of these movies.
1: Oh, they, she should be.
3: She's going to be Hands in down. every single one of them. Yes. And, so if, not, and if she's so not as, in the second
1: movie, she must have a predominant role in the third. Has to happen.
3: Circus is going to be in every single one. Gordon's going to be in every single one. Yep. That is yep. your your four mains. That That's your
1: core. three. Yeah. Films. Yeah. Matt Reeves, are you hearing this, man? <laughs>
0: nice. So that's my nice. pitch. So you guys ready for mine? I want you to go last. So let me jump in right quick, and then I'll toss it over to you. Okay, I bet. Um, because I wrote for Collider nine stories you want to see in the Batman sequel. Yes, but I did. It was a great great article, too. Appreciate it. So that's not that's not me plugging this this article. I'm just going to give you <laughs> my idea of what I want to see. because. That's nine stories, but I'm going to boil it down to one or two. I want to see Batman Zero Year, which is a, or Year Zero, which is Batman dealing with the flood in Gotham City caused by the Riddler. That's exactly what happens at the end of this movie that happens in that story. I want to kind of weave that narrative in with No Man's Land and maybe The Court of Owls. So as Gotham's cut off from the rest of the world, he's trying to do all this alone he confronts the court of owls. I think that would make for a really great sequel. And it just kind of picks up where this movie left off, kind of picking up the pieces there. And then for the third movie, I want the war of jokes and riddles. I feel like you set that up in movie one, you pay that off in movie three, because that's a story that involves the entire rogues gallery, the Riddler, the Joker, and Catwoman. So it kind of all builds to the war of jokes and riddles. That was all. You can go ahead, Brandon. That's awesome. (laughs)
1: Um, that's awesome actually. I haven't read The War of Jokes and Riddles, but now I want to read it. Um, so I only have ideas for a sequel, I'm not thinking far ahead to a third movie. Um, and this is a very deep cut, but it's because I love this new um, Batman world that Sean Murphy has established. I was um, going to ask, Was this Batman White Knight? <laughs> yes, and no, yes, and no, okay, but. There's elements of it that I would like to see in the sequel. Me, I want the villain in the sequel to be Arkham Asylum. They've set up the place. He's been to the place. If we move, if we're not going to see Batman again for another two or three years, we can kind of resolve the flood and all that stuff behind the scenes. We know the Penguin is going to take over. Like, we don't have to see him take over. We know that's happening. So it's like, have Gotham evolve and Batman's relationship with the GCPD evolve and all that. Um, I hopefully have the spinoffs that we have planned for HBO Max pan out. Yeah, And then the sequel is all about everything going wrong in Arkham. Why? Because there you can have a rogues gallery centric story where, yes, you could say the, the main one there is going to be the Joker or not. But all it's there you can tackle the ideas of his his connection, Bruce Wayne's connection to the Arkham's mental health. And then you have go, Mike.
0: I just want a quick question just to clear a thing up. Is this based on Arkham Asylum, like the video game or like the, the comic book, a serious house on serious earth? Or I, 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 I honestly story?
1: don't have I actually don't have a particular take on it. Okay. but it's the idea of Arkham being where the movie the, takes place Gotcha. and and it's many twists and turns in the math and mythos because you can you that the place itself justifies multiple rogues justifies rogues used in the sense of hierarchy you can bring weird deep cuts like killer croc and all that stuff and make them work you know what i mean um of course you got to have a ringleader right which you can probably say is a joker or you can use this as an opportunity of making Hugo Strange the villain of the film. And not only that, and here's the Batman White Knight element. One of the most prominent characters in the Batman White Knight series is Harley Quinn, but the way that Harley Quinn is used in that book, it's not just as the woman that is in love with Mr. J and becomes Harley Quinn. But it's about the pre-existing relationship between Batman and Harleen Quinzel that that led up to Mr. J becoming the Joker. So you can kind of establish that relationship and establish Harleen Quinzel in Arkham. And probably the events that occur and like literally like Harleen Quinzel is Batman's sidekick. In, Har- in, in in Arkham. Like, you can have Harleen Quinzel... That's as, who he knows on the inside, yeah. He, that's the person he knows on the inside. But of course, as things develop, you can kind of start teasing the fact that he's getting a lot closer to the Joker too close to comfort and then he's kind of like warning her about it but then with hugo strange doing all these crazy stuff he becomes the villain because the whole thing about hugo strange which is kind of where you can go like a full hush thing is that hugo strange wants to understand the batman so much that he wants to become batman so you kind of have another whole thing explored there and then you can end the movie with the joker getting out and harleen going with him and then exploring that in the future, but the idea of us meeting Harleen Quinzel through Arkham and through that story, and I just love the re- and then also I, I've read recently the Batman White Knight Harleen story because they have a story there, and that's the time, time you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole series like six issues, but oh, it's just nice. great. It's just great, and and I just want to see more of Harleen pre Harley. And, and see and see them use her as a friend to Batman in a way that we've never seen before on screen. And we're starting to see now because, as you guys know, Harley Quinn is considered somewhat of an anti-hero now, right? So you can use her and Batman to introduce new characters in Arkham. And then
4: I love that idea so yeah. much. One of my biggest complaints about uh, the way that we see Harley Quinn portrayed a lot of times is they forget how smart she actually is. Uh, she was manipulated, but um she's she's brilliant. She was a doctor. Um so I, I think seeing more Pauline Quinzel will not only help build the character and flesh her out yep. to general audiences more, but yep. also we can like you know make her more three-dimensional, let her be smart, let her yes. be uh, live up to her full potential. I, I love your idea. It's awesome.
0: I feel like one, that's a very real possibility because you remember. We have a show that's that was about the G C P D, but it's now gonna be about Arkham Asylum that's gonna be hitting HBO Max. So that might be a direction that, like think about it. Who's gonna be the main character in an Arkham show? Harleen Quinzel would be a perfect choice, honestly, to oh, lead that my series. Oh
4: god. Her yep. character arc, if she is one you, uh, you introduce a story with, oh, that's so smart.
0: Can you imagine the fine like the season finale being mad love? And then she has.
4: Ah, Oh (laughs) my God. Don't get me excited for something that won't
1: happen. Have you guys guys (laughs) read Stephen Sedgwick's Harleen Black Label book? I
4: have not.
0: This book right here is (laughs) for the audio only (laughs) listeners. Brandon just pulled the book on screen. So go to yessies.com. It's
1: a
4: lovely cover.
0: Harleen. No, it's amazing. It's
1: literally about what drove her to Arkham. And what drove her to Joker. Oh. And it's all about her trying to test out her theories about finding where humans lose their empathy. It's so brilliant. It is
4: so Oh, brilliant. my God. I want to yeah. read it now. It's great. Yeah, I'm sold. I got to read it. I got to pick it up.
1: Yep. Nice. So
4: my
3: favorite pitch is Michael's. I'm, I, 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 As much as I like my own pitch. <laughs> No Man's Land didn't even cross my mind. But that would be great to see on screen. Yeah. To see a version of No Man's Land that actually feels realistic and doesn't just play out like a comic book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be no. Nope. No Man's Land is a great story. It's just, there's so many tie-ins, so many characters. It's a lot. But I feel like you can strip if it down streamline say, it. Yeah, streamline it and say, Batman is literally alone on an island and he has to protect Gotham City. And then he confronts the court of owls. That would be pretty, pretty sick. Cause now he has to cure it from the inside out because the corruption runs that deep. That's my pitch. <laughs> yeah. I love so, it. So you hired. You know, I put out I put out this tweet like two weeks ago saying, hire me. I will be your Kevin Feige. I will do it for like one fourth of the pay. If you, Warner Brothers Discovery, <laughs> this is our pitch. We will be we will be your DC counsel. Do it. <laughs> Was there anything else you guys wanted to say about the Batman or its sequels or its characters? It's a lot to love in this movie. It's a lot to talk about. I know we've been going on for a while now, and we've kind of been all over the place, but it's just a good movie. <laughs> it's There's a, a good movie. to say. Dun,
3: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that soundtrack. Better uh, not the didn't even talk
1: about my man, Oh G. my god! The oh, soundtrack. Bum bum
4: bum
0: bum bum. bum Ave bum, Marie like bum, he made Ave Maria bum. so scary.
4: What <laughs> guys? I won't lie to you. My dad and I keep just yelling something in the way, randomly <laughs> throughout the day now. That's how deeply embedded the Batman is in my house right now. Like when I'm working out, I'm listening to the soundtrack and I'm Batman for a little bit. And it works. It's great. It's an, it's an amazing soundtrack. And um, yeah. something in the way even sounds familiar to the uh, da, 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 um, in a way. I forgot how it exactly explains Yeah, it, it
1: connects here. in terms of mood that you can easily transition from that and go into.
4: Yeah, uh, I think the core. Pres- Chord progression is also a bit similar. Um, I saw a video on it. Don't don't ask me about.
1: No, but (laughs) what you're saying, um, and I'm not gonna brag. I'm gonna hold my. I'm gonna be strong about this. Um, But what you're saying is is that every that score is so classically well written, like it's a Star Wars score, like like John like I mean it's Michael Giacchino, right? And like those that know Star Trek know that he brought that score back and then made it even greater. So what he did with the Batman is just, I mean, Uh, he's one of the greatest composers right now and he's just great.
4: Oh, the lighting too. Um, That's nothing. Since this is all at night, the way they use light as its own uh, part of the cinematography and gave the world so much life and, and made it have almost some character throughout, um, at the end use of
1: the color red.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, one of my favorite parts about this movie is my like final take that I wanted to say, um, towards the end of the movie when, you know, he heard the guy say he's vengeance. He has that quick and he falls into the water. First of all, I took that as a, um, Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A metaphor. A metaphor. Yes. You you already know. I already told you this. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Baptism. It was a metaphor baptism because as he goes in, uh, he comes out, literally being a beacon of hope, and he reaches out his first helping hand, which is a mirror to the beginning, blah, 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 blah. That's where vengeance
1: dies. Yeah. It's where
4: vengeance dies. Him popping up. And having getting everyone out with the flare is so gorgeous. It's it's so beautiful. Oh god, this movie is so beautiful. That's it. It's I'm like gonna, Moses
0: leading them to the promised land, yes. right? Leading so them. So to, the, and <laughs> the reason, I, so the reason I'm laughing
1: is because how interesting is proper setup? And I'm gonna stop talking after this. I promise. Mm-hmm. That if don't it make wasn't because. You can't keep. Because we've had. Such a steady use of gadgets throughout the film, that's the one reason we never questioned the flare,
4: oh my God, you're right. I never questioned the flare at all. where do you know what I mean? Go? like
1: like like you want to question, but it's not, no, he's been doing he's been pulling stuff out of his suit all all the movie. So when wow. he pulls out the, flare, I was like, cool. and you know what's funny? when he's putting the the woman down on the stretcher and the cape goes out, you can see the flare where the flare was. Can you can see like the pocket
0: yeah it's
1: uh
4: if oh, you so, read uh,
0: like sorry but if you read the art of the batman there are gadgets on that suit in that belt that the movie never uses like they thought really? it out that much the, it's all in the utility belt
4: oh that's so awesome. cool. yes I man do. there's so much this, okay. i could go on for hours i'm sorry
3: <laughs> okay does, does everybody have a favorite scene what's everybody's favorite
4: scene? favorite scene that's a good question go ahead i'm just mumbling please
2: Hmm. Isaac, do you have I a know what scene? mine is? A conversation between Alfred and uh, Bruce uh, when Alfred uh, is an, at the hospital.
0: I got one. So when Alfred's like barely escaped death, and Bruce, his first reaction is, "You lied to me, Alfred." That's
2: it. <laughs> it's because of the uh, the, the conversation and uh, the uh, conversation between the two. That's why.
0: I get you. <laughs> It's a great, it's a I got, great moment. That, that line just gets me every time. It's like, that's the first thing you greet him with. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I got one. Yes. I got one.
1: He has to pay, but you don't have to pay with him. When when he stops Catwoman from pulling the trigger. That, to me, was like... And it's funny because everybody makes fun of the no guns debate, mm-hmm. Right? And what a perfect and poetic way to illustrate that. That's why he doesn't kill. That's why he no guns, because we don't have to pay with the people that deserve to pay for their for their crimes.
0: I don't know if I have a favorite scene, but I just love the the gag of Batman keep going to the Iceberg Lounge.
4: That's (laughs) the the two guys. Rule threes too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Bruce, shout out to Batman.
0: Batman. Great.
4: <laughs> he earned, finally. So, he was like, oh, it's not worth it.
3: Yeah. So my favorite scene, and I'm, I'm going to be that person, it is the Batmobile jumping over the tank.
1: Yes. I so cannot
3: man. believe they put that in the trailer. If, if they had saved that for the theaters, it would have been the only... What's <clears> that?
0: What I what I love about that moment, and I'm glad you mentioned it. Cause we didn't even talk, there's so much we didn't talk about this movie, but I just love like a lot of filmmakers, a lot of fans have this weird like reverence for Batman and they want to ignore like the hokey elements. I love how you have that incredible shot of Batman walking out of the flames, but you don't ah. cut. So you just have him awkwardly leaning <laughs> to look at Penguin and it's just like, that's what he would do. But Whoopsie. I feel like any other director would have just cut cut the scene and he would just be pushing penguin up against the wall. But it lets you <laughs> follow that shot. It's like, yeah, Batman is gonna have to pry this door open and pull oh. him out of his car. No, no, no. I, I,
1: I can see the meme now where they, they cut to that, and then the other part of the meme is him going like this. Yeah. Did you order
0: pizza?
4: Pizza time. It's <laughs> so like
0: Aaron McDonald's. Um yes.
4: My favorite part uh it has to be when he goes to talk to the Riddler in uh, the interrogation scene. Mostly because my first time I watched this movie, and I will say, I didn't say this earlier, but this movie is even better on a second watch for a lot of different reasons. But in that scene, I was absolutely 100% connected with the way Bruce was feeling. The build up, yes. the tension, the, the like, oh, oh God, oh shit, he knows. He knows, this is, this is it. How is this already it? It's only been two years. And then when he drops and he realizes that it's not what he thought. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. I had this I, like rush of, really, oh my God. It was a, so many, so many feelings that one scene made me feel insane. Like, I
0: love the fear in Pattinson's eyes, right? Cause he's standing there like, oh, he's oh crap, like, I'm busted. He's like a
4: kid in trouble. Like a kid that's <laughs> in trouble with his mom, like, oh. But yeah. more scared, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's yeah.
3: so many good scenes. But I, yes. I was curious what everybody's
4: favorite
3: is
0: that's my I think favorite. for my everyone favorite. it's gonna be a different answer. Mike, what's yours? Oh, that's a tough one. Because yeah, you're, you're not escaping this one. Yeah, you the yeah, answer. I, you I thought the answer. I was <laughs> gonna get out of this, but you had to pull it, you had to pull it back in. So yes, let me think. Yes, There's so many moments I love about this movie, but I feel like my favorite, and this might be seen as a joke to most people, but my favorite is when penguin reveals to them that they got the rid- riddle wrong, bro. That
4: oh <laughs> uh, it's iconic though. It's bro, but it's
1: Colin hilarious. Farrell is
0: so good. Yeah Colin Farrell is
1: great we got it, right.
4: Colin Farrell or his makeup oh my god
0: this that's my point this movie we're gonna be here talking the length of the movie <laughs> <I> <laughs> don't know what no habla
4: español <laughs> no habla oh, espanol fellas world's greatest
0: detectives yeah but like the reason I Do love your that own movie is-
4: commentary over the movie at this point yes.
0: We'll yeah. do that one day. <laughs> but, but but the reason I love that moment is it's, again, showing the flaws in Batman. A lot of times mm-hmm. people perceive him as perfect or want him to be perfect. But I mm-hmm. feel like that scene is why, at the end, Batman technically loses, right? He loses to the right Oh, record. yeah, he, he loses not beat movie. him
4: Absolutely.
0: And Batman never takes the L. That's why Bat God is a thing in comic books, because he never loses. And oh. it's like, that's the moment where it's like, this character is flawed. Oh, crap. He might not actually beat this guy. That was the first moment I thought, like, okay, this Batman might lose, and he ended up losing. And so I feel like the significance of that moment, yeah, it's played off as a joke, but I feel like that kind of sets up the entire third act of the film.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So good. I thought it was a real website too. That was really fun to follow along. If you guys did that,
0: URL. (laughs)
4: URL.
0: Yes.
1: All the riddles were just so clever too.
4: I know. I they, they, he really played me. I, I, I it makes sense going. We watched it again. Like it makes perfect sense that of course didn't know it was Bruce Wayne, but the first time you we are like, does he? Are you? Yeah. Do you know something?
1: It, it, it makes, makes so much sense in, too. in the comic books, he's. Oh, one of the first oh ones my he god. Ones out too. So.
4: Oh, my God. I remember my original want for the sequel that I forgot earlier. Scarecrow. I wanted Scarecrow. That's what I wanted.
1: Cool.
4: I wanted Scarecrow because this one attacked vengeance and how Batman being all about vengeance hurts. I wanted Scarecrow to um, uh, go about his use of fear and have that dynamic. That's That's what I wanted to do. I couldn't think about it. So 30 minutes later, it hits me. That's just like, I'm in- not having notes.
0: That's interesting. What's funny about that is he loses vengeance in this movie, he loses fear in the next one. So, by the third movie, he's just Batman from Brave and the Bold. I don't
4: know if he loses fear, <laughs> but like him having to like fight fear when that's his first, like his one of his tools is kind of where I'm going. I, with I, I,
1: it. I can just see Rob Pattison <laughs> rocking that blue and gray suit. But
4: I wouldn't say no to like that character because, like, you know, it'd be different. Yeah. I- yeah. gray. I, I won't say no to that to that Batman, but I don't know how other people would feel about
0: it. That's Superman. <laughs> no, no, I'm showing off the yellow oval. <laughs> ah, okay. Like if
3: if no. he if he lost fear in this one, he loses vengeance in the next one. And he loses seriousness in the next one to follow, and then it's Batman Robin. With, well, no, you're just left with Adam West,
0: and oh, that's when I'm you gonna... introduce Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or
1: Barnacle Man.
0: But um oh my
1: God. Barnacle. Uh, yes. I
0: awesome. think that I think that wraps this one up. I think we we've covered <laughs> 90% of what we could. Otherwise, we're gonna be here yes. for another two hours, guys. What
4: was your favorite <laughs> costume design besides Batman? I was kidding. I was kidding.
0: Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> the penguin. <laughs>
4: What was your favorite? The Riddler's mask of? was awful. Dust. That's my only
1: complaint. <laughs> yes. A lot of cling wrap.
4: <laughs> um, I liked him being a streamer, though. You know, thanks for all the, for all the subscribers. That was great.
0: Yes. That was <laughs> so funny. Because it's like... Uh, yeah, it makes sense. YouTube, no, you guys Twitch took down on with... one of my streams for one copyright strike. And this you guy for can your just... help
1: with detonators. Well,
4: he's not copywriting anything, is he? He's asking... So... No, but, but he's not me. copywriting what anything. He's not copywriting anything. So. I
0: can see that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, now nice. we know. So now
0: we know. Cop- Cop the, the Riddler has life Paul D.
4: Murders, murder, copyright, jail.
0: What is his TikTok name? What do you think? Do you think it was just The Riddler? <sighs> Captain question mark.
4: No. Um, right. Vengeance. Vengeance. Renewal. Uh,
3: Enigma.
4: Uh, <laughs> no,
1: no, Enigma. no, no, no! I got it! I got it! I got his username. Yes. Pumpkin slice lover. He was getting a pumpkin. I
4: get it. Lover. No, I get it. It's something simple. I got hey, you. Come on now. I uh, did he now. The question yeah. is: Did he make the question mark latte, or did he request yeah.
0: that? He's totally. He's totally doing that himself. Yes.
4: He's like, hang on, before the cops get here, I need to, like, get this uh, quick, you, you, straw.
0: No, no, no. No, 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 do, do
1: you, no. Do you imagine, and we're going off the rails here, but do you imagine oh, that whenever they're reading their resume, like, when you say, oh, I got a hit, Edward Nashon works at the local Starbucks.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I actually didn't know who played Riddler. I stayed away from spoilers for this movie. So I did not know it was Paul Dano until I watched the movie. Imagine my surprise. Nice. When Remiddle is like, oh my god, it's, it's it's Paul Dana. I had no idea. I completely stayed away Swiss from it. I don't Army know how. Room. I don't nice. oh, Yeah, prisoners, um, where he gets he gets he gets demolished in that movie. And Hugh Jackman really hurts that man a lot. So This
3: is the prisoner yeah, sequel we didn't know we needed.
4: Oh my god, that's where his character I'm the best went and to do, bub. <laughs>
0: Okay, guys, Let's it's been fun. This is if you enjoy chaos like this, check out the Amateur Otaku Podcast. We can get daily doses of this kind of action over throughout yes. the anime show. This is an awesome Shatter After. It's great. It's, it's it's top five for me. There's only been eight, but it's top five for me. <laughs> Landon, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me. Where can people me. find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at the the spelled A-L-L, because my sister should spell. Also find me on Facebook, on Website is storyback.net, where i in the process of to YouTube channel as a food and storytelling podcast. So definitely tune in and check it out when it drops. And yeah, also find various podcasts.
0: Nice. Jayla, thanks for joining us in this mad conversation of <laughs> vengeance. Where can people find you on then? Um,
4: thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun I'm on YouTube. You can catch me hanging out on the Geek Vibes Podcast YouTube channel. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for better or for worse under Cheese Stick Rat. Yep, cheese stick rat. that's where you can find me. Um, you can catch her hanging out, all those places, talking about good nerdy stuff, a lot of horror, a lot of what you saw today. And I, yeah, I've had a blast. It's been so much fun.
0: Awesome, nice.
2: Isaac, you awake, buddy? I need to ask you something, Ew, Mike. Okay,
0: I'll <laughs> hammer you this one time. What is it?
2: <laughs> What's Batman's favorite drink? What is it, Isaac? T
0: <laughs> This is my life. Okay. Okay. You know what? That, that wasn't that wasn't bad. I allow it. Okay. Um, you can find Isaac at <laughs> Emblem <Maniac.
4: laughs> Isaac, I have a question for you. Go on. What did Spider Man study in college?
2: I don't know. Web design. Oh yeah, that one was yeah. good. <laughs> you need to be on this I, podcast more, Yaya. I, I, I don't think I've
0: ever heard Isaac that excited. If you just yell "booyah," <laughs> <laughs> you can hey, find Isaac I got one Maniac and uh, on the chat, um <laughs> amateur <laughs> podcast. Brandon, put this. Say something so we can end this episode. Already. Okay. This is amazing. Um,
1: oh, gosh. So you can find me at the Scarlet. <laughs> oh, my. My, my cheeks hurt. You can find me at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Twitter, at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Instagram, at the Scarlet Fan 52 on TikTok, even though I have no idea why I'm there. Uh, I'm trying to bring a slightly kind of a Flash renaissance to my Twitter feed. I haven't talked about the Flash in a long time, and he is and will always be my favorite superhero. I'm kind of upset that they took. Barry Allen out of the main line, but if it wasn't because Joshua Williamson did such a great job, I'm okay. Bring Wally West back. I'm good with it. But um, talking more Flash, reading more Flash. Um, yeah, that's what's up. And of course, you can find me at the Amateur Talk with Pod, which is one of the other pods that we host together, and then the chat after.
0: Nice. You can find me at Novice Cinephile. If you're watching this, you're probably watching it on youtube.com slash Cinephile. Uh, you could be listening to this on the podcast feed. It's way more fun if you watch this nonsense yes. happen live, though. So I definitely yes. recommend subscribing to the YouTube channel. Yes. And every week on the Amateur talk we're talking My Hero Academia. Uh, you guys just did Kiki's Delivery Service not too long ago. Yes. Um, so, yes. so much fun stuff happening over there. And with yes. that, that that's it that's the end of take eight of the chatter after you can also check out the podcast at the Chatter after on twitter you can talk to all of us there with that we will catch you guys next time have it awesome see you later same bat time plus ultra same bad chat. out